0: What's up, guys? Welcome to Fitter Food Radio. This is episode 174,
1: and
0: it's just us this week. Just Kerris and I.
1: Just me and Dee.
0: Doing our thing. No guests.
1: No guests.
0: Got some great feedback from the Tommy Wood episode, though, which no, was awesome. Nice. <laughs> Thank you very much, anyone who took the time. It, it goes a long way, honestly. I, I, we've said it before, but it really does. And. We often joke like we don't truly know how many people listen to this podcast, but sometimes it's,
1: maybe it's
0: more than five. Don't we? Yeah, I'd like if it was like at least double double figures, <laughs>
1: oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> at least
0: a solid, a consistent ten. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: But well, um, you know what? If those ten people tell one friend something useful that we said, yeah, then you're reaching twenty people. <laughs> I do think then there was too much of a, too pause, much there, of a pause there, Gareth. That's did not it? hard.
0: If one person tells one person, then that's... Uh, <laughs> one, two, three... Four. Carry the <laughs> one.
1: you know what? I'd love to be able to have a little go sometimes at proper maths again. Wouldn't you? But I'd need to be like forced into doing it. But I think I find it proper so, maths, yeah, yeah, I find it so. What was
0: proper maths? Like you know, algebra and stuff. No,
1: no, I wouldn't go that <laughs> far. What's
0: proper maths then? You know,
1: like doing proper sums, like addition and multiplication and long division and stuff. And like be taught it again. I'll probably do this when I'm 18. Be taught it again and sit down and do a test and get a good mark and feel really satisfied that I could do maths again. Because you just don't do it, do you? Like none of us do it now, but there's a calculator everywhere. I've got one on my laptop, but one on my phone. And so when someone does say, oh, can you add that? This times this, like you'll do it, I'll go, oh, crikey. But I don't really know that I've ever been that quick in my head at doing it, but I, on paper, yeah. I used to be quite good.
0: I mean, obviously, I'm Maybe we should I, have, I'm have no have a mathematical genius, but... Um,
1: you, you're very good at doing things in your head. Yeah. Especially when it comes to how much someone might owe you. <laughs> you're like, you're like, Come on, it's... You're like, is. super quick, yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> uh, this times this, you owe me this much. Or if someone shortchanged you, I'm like... Wow, you're quick on that. Do you
0: know it, it all started when years ago when I used to, um, when I was an ice cream man. And if ever you had like a busy day and there was a big queue, I just found it quicker to do it in my head when people were ordering their ice creams. So, add it all up. so but what it's I would do yeah. is I, was, I, I would add it up whilst they're ordering. Yeah. So when I'm actually getting their order, it's like I already know what the total is.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: what I'd start to do is, because obviously like different things were always, you know, you yeah, had different things on the, the menu, <laughs> if you will. But of course, like you start getting into the habit of like if someone orders like two feasts or two whippies, you know,
1: then off just, by heart. just in your head, you yeah, just know yeah, yeah. what
0: they, two of those is. Yeah. Just see what I mean. So I don't know if that's kind of helped me.
1: Didn't you ever find though, like I, when I used to work on a checkout, quick save, like if I was stressed, so when the queue was getting longer, or say somebody was, I know, kicking off about a refund or scan something twice. That like you can't do anything in your head. Do you know? Do you ever find that? So if you got a bit flustered, I'm sure you didn't get flustered. You were cool as an ice cream cool, in that cool, band.
0: Cool, 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 as
1: a salario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's a salario? Oh I bet you were quite a cool team. You, know, you
0: never had a Solario? Salero.
1: Oh yes, salero.
0: Yeah. Solario, yeah. <laughs> Hilarious, do you know what's funny? Your memory's so good. No, do you know what's what's really hilarious
1: about
0: that? Hilario, yeah, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) guys. If you haven't actually ever watched um Bob Mortimer on
1: Instagram,
0: Instagram, you've got to follow him. And he does a a character that's like, Yeah, train guy, and he's like, Yeah, I'm hilarious. I know (laughs) you've just
1: just done your own version, I
0: know. No, but there used to be like. A little kid that used to come to the um to the ice cream quite often with his with his mum because I used to be set up near like a it's like a play park oh, yeah, on yeah. the recreation ground. And he always used to say um sol- solarial. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, and, was... and, and, and calypsial as well. <laughs> and it's just hilarious that I've just it's like it's like <laughs>
1: it's stuck in your
0: head. <laughs> it's stuck in my head.
1: I thought you look at me, like <laughs> you've yeah, never even... heard of no, solarial. Yeah,
0: I know, like you were stupid. Yeah. <laughs> When in fact it's too
1: busy eating soleros <laughs> to notice.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've had a Solero. Solero though. Very nice. Anyway.
1: This'll be it now going forward. We'll probably never say Solero ever again as a couple, will we?
0: No. But
1: this happens to us. We make a joke about something <coughs> and then it just becomes part of our language, doesn't it?
0: Well it's like when um, you know, Keith Lemon on um Celebrity Juice
1: mm.
0: kept calling Holly Willoughby. Holly, Willoughby, Willoughby. and, then they and were... now it's like you automatically say Willoughby yeah,
1: but that's serious don't you yeah yeah and then
0: it's almost like oh well, hang on
1: I'm just watching Holly, Willoughby yeah. not
0: that we talk about Holly, Willoughby that often Willoughby if it ever does come up in conversation <laughs> yeah. for whatever reason um, and anyway she's
1: on another advert <laughs> oh
0: yeah her again <laughs> yeah.
1: She, she not got enough
0: money honestly <laughs> yeah. have a day off love
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the next advert's out of the deck oh, honestly <laughs> um, you
0: don't want enough arms. Oh dear! What are we talking about? Because it's not.
1: No, we we'ren't going to talk about Salarios and Hollow Willow I
0: quite like our random starts to the podcast yeah. sometimes, so unscripted, organic.
1: An insight into our is. normal conversations. Walking the dog, isn't it? Anyway. Well, well,
0: we thought today we would talk. I suppose it's um, a little bit of a like a cancer continued conversation. conversation, isn't yeah. it? And. We we have obviously dedicated an episode or more to couple, to, to this topic, yeah. and you know it's a very complicated subject. It's a very broad subject. You know there is there isn't like one cancer, and there isn't one way to to deal with it. And and I think you know like with any kind of disease, something that we 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 often talk about is that. You know, it's, it doesn't just affect that person, does it? You know, like, you know, if, if someone's diagnosed with something, it's not just the diagnose that has to, to deal with it. It's, it's those around that person as well and the potential knock-on effects that, that, that it might have. And we, we were actually talking about this the other day because we were saying, weren't we, that, like, I think I'd be better at dealing with a diagnosis if it was of me.
1: Yeah, and I, but so. I feel if it was you,
0: I'd crumble. <laughs> you know, I'd I'd really struggle to to cope with that.
1: And that's always been the feedback from friends of mine who've been diagnosed. When we've had conversations, they've said, "I'm not worried," and and I'm not really scared. I'm not even scared of dying. And that's mm. kind of an incredible thing to be able to say. Not all of them have said that, but it's their worry is what happens to everybody around yeah. them. And even now, you know, when I have clients that I help, they'll often say. You know, what can I, how can I talk about this with like my partner and uh, my family and and stop them from worrying? It's a really, you know, it's, it's it's incredibly selfless, but I think there's also an element of control Mm. in that. I think once you have a cancer diagnosis as well, there's a, it becomes a bit of a routine. There's a plan, there's things to do. There's appointments It becomes kind of factored into your lifestyle and you can be very much focused on, on the treatment and then pulling through the treatment whereas everyone else around you wants to feel like they can do something Mm. and they might feel quite helpless. And that's what I mean about the kind of they're removed from that control because especially if there is nothing they can do, because you're not hungry or really sick through the treatment and they can feel quite helpless. And I think that is really hard. So I did a course um, and it was kind of um, a bit of a crazy coincidence actually that There's a course by the Institute of Optimal Nutrition, which is about helping nutritionists with cancer nutrition support. And it's such a great area for us in terms of when I've had clients, I very much just stay with nutrition and lifestyle and exercise because that's kind of what we're safely allowed to guide upon. And they're possibly not getting advice on some of the other things like meditation and exercise and how beneficial There's a crazy amount of research now showing how beneficial it is to exercise through chemotherapy and beyond to mitigate some of the damage. Obviously, it's not possible always. So it's what you can do. But the a course came up and I've kind of I've sat on the fence because I thought, you know, like, I don't know if this is an area I want to specialise in. It's very close to <laughs> home. I've kind of walked through the whole process with both parents, a couple of friends and other members of my family. And I sometimes feel like I get so involved in it. You know, it's like a very... It's a very, and then, then it kind of triggers me a little bit, I think, to then be fearful for everybody. So the more people I come across diagnosed, the more I'm like, we need to stop doing this and stop doing this and do everything we can to minimise our risk. Mm. And I think I've had like a couple of years break in terms of I haven't really, you know, my, both my parents' which is stable. My dad kind of has lots of checks and markers that we do every single year. And the course came up and I thought, I think I'm ready now to take on another level of knowledge to be able to. I do want to help people more. Yeah. I do want to get a bit more stuck into it and know how to you know, kind of liaise with oncologists and know what supplements I can safely use. I know there's many that we can't. Um, and there's some certain food groups where I was kind of the gray areas. So I ended up doing the course and. Again, the coincidence was a very good friend was diagnosed just as I kind of signed up to do the course, and then on the last day of the course, I got text saying a family member had been diagnosed with prostate cancer, and it just feels like one of the things that they mentioned on the course is if you're born after 1960, this is a bit of stat I've not heard before. If you're born after 1960, basically one in you have a one in two chance of getting cancer. And I think one of the factors of why is it after 1960 is the massive shift in a couple of things, like the amount of kind of manufacturing that's going on with our food, but also the amount of chemicals, like possible carcinogens that have gone into our environment. They're in our food, they're in our water. It's scary, like when you start to read up on it. Yeah. Of and again, yesterday I was reading up on it, and I was like, I'm just going to close this laptop yeah. and go and walk in the woods Stop now. Stop reading there. Yeah, but,
0: but once... I suppose there is that you know it's like we always say you know that kind of ignorance is bliss, isn't it? And
1: totally. but at the same
0: time, you know, I think you you you've got to you can't just hide from things if you know. What no, I
1: mean. no. I think I think I've also developed a level of a bit of maturity about this as a practitioner in that when I first started training. You do start to go down so many different rabbit holes and you become an absolute control freak about it. And like we talked about with Tommy, like what about endocrine disruptors in the environment? What can we do about these plastics and things that might affect our hormones, which can also affect, play a role in cancer. And you can go crazy with it and at the same time stress yourself so much that... You know, a life's just not fun. <laughs> you're yeah. not fun, and and secondly, like you actually know that you're fighting a losing battle because it becomes impossible. Yeah, yeah, And I think now I've got this level of maturity, very similar to what Tommy mentioned on the podcast, where I was like, if you can do something about it, do. If you can't, you've got to let it go. Yeah. But I think there was more things that on this course there was a lot more things that I was like, yeah, me and you could do better at that. Yeah. And it isn't the usual stuff. It wasn't the you know, we could definitely be a hundred percent organic and, and stop kind of like diving into, you know, like a Tesco Metro and grabbing lunch and stuff like we could be more prepared. It wasn't actually things like that, that I took away. That is an element of that. I think we could just be a bit more prepared and cook from home, but it it was also just, you know, there's a ton of stuff we could be doing from a mindset perspective Mm. and, um, you know, personal boundaries back and minimizing stress loads and things like that because, that ultimately just affects our immune system so much. Absolutely. So it was quite empowering in that, you know, I thought, yeah, I've heard all this before. I know about the endocrine disruptors. I know about the plastics and heavy metals and, you know, it's scary and the pesticides. And I'll definitely start to maybe up up my game a little bit with some of it, but I just don't think you can avoid it all. So actually what, what could I do? And it's like, Oh, I could definitely, alter my chemical status a lot more, mm-hmm. you know, and and that is by doing things like breathing exercises, having fun, having a good laugh. And yeah. and sometimes those things are going to involve things that, you know, we're advised not to do. Like, you know, me and you have talked about just every now and then. I haven't drunk for a couple of years now. But, you know, we used to just go out and we used to, what we would do, like, would be classified as binge drinking and mm-hmm. have a great night out and eat oh, a pick those and Those the days. Bring <laughs> it <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> <Get> on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to cough and like have pick-a-mix on the way home, all the things we shouldn't do, stay up late, sleep deprive ourselves, and it was wicked, you know. Yeah, and yeah. so, and we don't do it on a regular, you know, we're too old for that stuff now. I think we do it. I you
0: for sweep yourself now. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> you off out tonight.
0: <laughs> I mean, I told you. we <laughs> not back till Monday. I'll
1: just come for Maybe. the, the pick-a-mix. <laughs> and then I'll leave you to it. <laughs> but yeah, so I thought it's a really nice kind of podcast just to revisit some of the things, and I don't want to scare any of our listeners, but I do want to empower you again. Really, just mm. like I've said, you know, and you haven't. I haven't told you much about the course. I was kind of filling you in, um, bits and bobs of it. So some of it we well, said we'd save
0: of, it for this, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, new, like, new bits of knowledge. But also, like something I would like to say, we we said we were probably going to touch on this, maybe in, not in this episode, maybe another episode. I don't know, but we were talking about how. If I, why don't we start with this, right? So you know about you. You said how men are far less likely to. Kind of like uh, seek help when it comes to like experiencing symptoms and yeah.
1: and things like that. And this has been a big conversation. I will let you talk in a second. One, but this has been a big <laughs> conversation that me and you have had, where I've said I don't want to feel responsible for your health. No, no. So if you notice anything on toward like symptom wise, you know, blood in your stool, um, abdominal really severe abdominal bloating that's not relent, like never ever disappears, loose bowel movements, mm. you know, like you've got to call the doctor. Like it shouldn't be me nagging you to do that. And actually two kind of client cases I've got at the moment, they went on for a good couple of years yeah. and did not call the doctor. Mm. And it was only, you know, finally, and I know there's been COVID, so it's a slightly unusual situation. Yeah. But on this course, they did say men are more likely to die from cancer than women because they seek help and testing later Right. by the time. It's all about early early diagnosis yeah, yeah, with, sure. with cancer because it's, it can then be, you know, treated. So,
0: But it's like, you know, like I don't, I, I don't quite know why that is. I do think there's that element of, I suppose, a bit of like a man up mentality of like, oh, you know, it's just a little bit of yeah, discomfort or oh, it's just this, I'm sure it'd be fine yeah. type thing. Like, I think there is definitely an element of that.
1: Especially but, with like a, the occasional loose bowel movements, yeah, even yeah, the like, signs on toilet doors saying if your stool floats. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I and mean, obviously yeah. like,
0: you know, Every now and again, you know, you might have the odd floater, but, (laughs) but, but what what I'm saying is like, if it's, if it's a a consistent thing, it's a loose, it's
1: a loose bowel movement. Then, then, you
0: know, like it's, there's no harm in getting it checked out. And I think this has been a big thing for me is that, I don't know, I'm a bit like, I don't want to be that person that's kind of like the sign of anything that's a bit out of Sorts, yeah. Like, oh, doctor, like, but at the same time, you've got to be able to make that decision of like, actually, this is happening a bit too often now. Yeah, I need to take responsibility here and and do something about it. And if that is calling your GP or or whatever it might be, and because I said to you the other day, didn't I? Like, um, I've probably mentioned it before, but I've got, um, I've got a hernia which I've had for a fair few years now. Yeah, and bizarrely aside from it just looking quite bizarre (laughs) when it's like sticking out yeah like it it didn't really cause me a huge amount of discomfort or or pain or or anything like that but I did get it checked out because it was just you know it's just a bit like I said it's just weird seeing something lumping out and you know that it's one of your internal organs do you know what I mean so I got it checked out and but like I said didn't really cause me any 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 issues, and then in recent months it has become an issue. You know, it has caused me discomfort and pain, and, and I'm like, well, obviously something's changed. And but I, I thought to myself, like, and it was after like you know the, the news of our friend, I was a bit like, what am I playing at? Like, you know, yeah, for all I know, it could just be the hernia getting worse. But that needs sorting because that can lead to all sorts of problems. And then I thought, well, if I leave it too late and then something like that happens in a way, I've only got myself to blame because the signs were there and I chose not to do anything about it. So I was like, bosh, straight on the phone. I've already seen the GPs, referred me back to the guy that saw me before. And I'm like, I don't know. It's just nice to feel like I'm doing something.
1: Because I think also when you're not doing something, we've mentioned this on previous podcasts underline, you know that you should. Yeah. And uh, interestingly, I said to you, I was listening to, it's not just men and women. I I do think like as a general, this is my general observation from kind of clinical practice. It's not just men and women. Sorry.
0: Who is it then? It's
1: not not just men, sorry, that do (laughs) this, women do it as well. But my general kind of observation is and they said on the course, women are just much more proactive about seeking advice on symptoms. Yeah. And I think there is more education out there about the symptoms associated with things like breast cancer and ovarian cancer. And of course, there's smears and regular, more regular checkups maybe as well. So this is when you might start to go, oh, whilst I'm here, I'm going to ask about this. And I think women are maybe slightly prone to, if anything, health anxiety, which talked about with Kate, how you go? Where mm. it's almost like, doctor Google everything and then overthink it and then, you know, think that everything is going to be cancer. That's definitely a kind of pattern that I've seen. And men are kind of more of the, like you just said, I'll just kind of like, keep going. I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure it's nothing. And then suddenly, you know, it's like I bent over in pain and then it becomes so much more serious. Yeah. But I think underlying that that attitude of like, man, I can keep going. You are anxious about it. So every time your hernia gives you pain, it will have triggered in you. Oh God, you know, this is not right. And yeah, this may yeah. cause me problems down the line and you didn't get it sorted initially, but just think about how much that's wasting your energy of like worry essentially. So I think both are worried, but both just behave very differently. Yeah, and yeah. one gets pushed under the carpet and one gets on the phone and, and is maybe like I said, more proactive. But I was listening to Kathy Burke, the comedian on a podcast who said she had stomach pain for years and she was actually working on a theatre job that she genuinely really loved. And she said her mum died of stomach cancer. So she said, in my head, I just told myself it was my turn to have cancer. And I didn't want to hear those words. And I was loving the job I was on. And she's like, it was just weird for years. I just carried on working until she ended up like in severe pain. And it turned out to be diverticulae and a really serious gut infection. And she was hospitalized and nearly died. So it wasn't cancer, but it was something equally serious Serious, because of how long she left it. But I thought that's also a pattern I've seen where it's like, you don't want to hear what it is. So yeah, there's another yeah. fear there as well, yeah, yeah. which even if you can... But again, it's
0: that, it's that ignorance thing, isn't it? It's like almost like I'd rather not know.
1: But even though you think your brain has been quite clever in that situation... Your immune system is actually regulating things like inflammation because deep down you're quite scared. Mm. So when we're scared, we need inflammation present because we think we're going to be, you know, chased by a lion or something. So again, you're actually driving disease processes, driving down all your feel-good chemicals. So yeah, you know, you're kind of making the situation worse. So hopefully, like one of the things, and and the good news is that in that awful stat of one in two of us, four in ten cancers can be prevented. Right. So that's like again, this is why you know, I'm going to do a blog series on some of the things as well, because, well, what could we be doing? Cause yeah. many, you know, some things are really obvious, but some things maybe not so much. And also different cancers are kind of more prevalent in, in men versus women. So there were kind of more checks that we could be doing or more symptoms that we might want to be aware of. So for women, it's um, the most common is breast then it's lung, then it's bowel. Mm-hmm. So with breast cancer, you've obviously got like copper feel, which is an yeah. actual kind of, you know, yeah, yeah. social media mm-hmm. tag and like actually just kind of checking your breasts. With lung, um, it's a really difficult one at the moment because everybody's got coughs and colds. Yeah. But a red flag for us in clinics is chronic coughs. And this is often the most common thing. It's usually like a, a kind of embedded lung infection, like even you can have pneumonia and things like that. But if you have had a cough and and if you are a smoker, yeah. you should be getting that, that kind of thing checked out and speaking to a GP. And I've had lots of people come. And even like H. pylori, a little bacterial infection, can cause a cough. So... Usually it's nothing like sinister at all, but you should get it checked out if it's been around for a long yeah, yeah, time. For sure. And then bowel, of course, check out the Bristol stool scale and just check that you have normal bowel movements and do keep having a look for food, blood, mucus. Is it floating? And if it is persistently loose or you're constantly constipated, both of those are a sign that your microbiome's not happy. And one of the great things about the course is they said nutritional therapists have such an opportunity with cancer because nearly every cancer can really be linked in some way to the microbiome because the microbiome is part of your immune system and inflammation. And it's something that nutritional therapists, like we spend so long studying the microbiome mm. as well as doing nutrient status, blood sugar balance, and working with a person rather than a yeah I yeah. you know, personalizing stuff. And I think that's what oncology doesn't have time to do at this, this point, you yeah. know, they're amazing at the treatments that they give and they've got some good nutritional advice, again, kind of relevant to each cancer, but they haven't got to the point of kind of looking at the microbiome. So which food could this person be eating to kind of maybe build up their bifido or their lactobacillus or, you know, stool testing might become part of cancer treatment at some point. So it's really, again, if you've got those bowel issues now, I think a scary. One of the scariest points I think that I heard on the course, and this is because I've had a kind of inflammatory bowel condition for a long time is, inflammation can become malignant. Mm. So we've got to do what we can to kind of nip that in the bud and, you know, and that's why you know, if you are struggling with things like Crohn's colitis and haven't thought about looking at your diet or your microbiome or some things outside of, of just symptom suppression. So normally there'll be an anti-inflammatory medication of some sort, then definitely think about that because it could be an absolute game changer for your inflammation and therefore kind of treatment going forward and, and then your disease risk as well. So yeah. Um, for men, it's, um where am I? I've got my little notes here. So men, it's prostrate, lung, and bowel. So again, prostrate, you can actually have, so it's, it's one thing I've done with both my parents every year is run a set of tests. So I get them to do their blood sugars, yeah. look at their cholesterol levels, look at their inflammation markers. They've got some cancer antigen tests that they do, CA125, ca 199 CA because they were both that's relevant to their cancers. And there's quite a few, I think there's actually about 10 that a GP can now run blood tests that have got kind of indicate, they're not diagnostic, but they are indications of maybe kind of cancer activity. So again, it was great to have that list that I can now recommend to to clients and stuff. But men, um, again, my dad, I think from the age of 50, we've done this. You can get your PSA tested. And if you can't get to a doctor, these are really cheap tests to do.
0: What's PSA? Uh,
1: prostrate-specific antigen. So it's right. a marker of, uh, if you have a large prostrate, that's something to keep an eye on. So right. the prostrate gland can enlarge, and that normally means you can't pee. So you would right. get in trouble going to the loo. Again, something that men never talk about, do they? Yeah, yeah. This happened, do you remember, to your stepdad? Yeah. And if you remember, the bathroom was off the kitchen. So we all picked up on it because we were like... We'd all be at the table, do you remember? And he'd go to the loo and we'd be like, he's ages in there. Yeah. And then he finally said, why? He's like, I can't go. Yeah. And then obviously I said, you need to go to the doctor and get your prostate checked yeah, yeah. and stuff, which is not a nice thing to no. have done. No, I, no, of
0: course not. Like, you know, it's, it's really like, even now I'm just trying to sit here and I'm trying to think like, what is the logic behind not getting checked? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know.
0: Like, uh, and I that, think
1: that, uh, your stepdad was quite scared of illness, wasn't he? Mm. He was quite scared of... A diagnosis yeah in fact the only time i actually saw him book his ideas up and tidy up his diet was when he'd have he was waiting for a test result and almost anticipating the worst yeah. and then he would make some key changes
0: but going back to the responsibility thing like he was very we mentioned this before i'm sure he was very quick to try and pass the responsibility on to, you know, he had to have my mum go to appointments with him. Yeah, yeah. But not because he wanted her to hear it as well. It was like, you come so you can hear it all and you tell me what to do and what medication I need to take and this, that and the other. And he used to try and make a bit of a joke about it, didn't he? And it was almost like, oh, I would be like, oh, you know, how did he um, go to the doctors? And he'd go, oh, well, oh, ask your mum.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's
0: like, well, no, I'm asking you because it was for you. Not for her. Yeah, she's fine.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, and and he thought it was a bit of a like a running joke, and we were like, well, no, this is actually quite serious. And,
1: yeah.
0: And even once, didn't he like pass you a leaflet about something? He was like, yeah, read that. Do you think I should take it? And then you were like, well, have you read it yet? And he, was <laughs> yeah. like, well, no. and he was like, well, no. Well, you read. You read it. Yeah. And then no. you, you. And then you tell me. And I thought, well, yeah, bloody good on you, because, and I think there is this <laughs> a big a big part of this is like you know, who knows? Everyone has different reasons as to why they don't talk about certain things or they don't act on certain things. And, and, you know, maybe I have this view of it now because of, you know, the things that we know and how long we've been in this industry and how many people we've seen be affected by these kind of things that I am a little bit more like, you know, that like we, we all need to take a bit more responsibility for ourselves If you've got a husband, a wife, partner, whatever, you've got kids, you've got people around you, fantastic. We all need help. But you can't pass the buck. You know, you can't be like, you know, oh, I'm ill. You. Yeah, yeah. You tell me what I need to do. You know, you've you've got to be able to take responsibility for your own health first and foremost.
1: It's also not fair on the, um, excuse me, I need to cough. I've had that horrible cough and I'm still kind of suffering. It's not, it's not I know, started
0: smoking a pipe <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? I
1: love the smell of a pipe It's quite funny
0: actually I just thought You've never seen A woman I've never seen a woman Smoke a pipe Is Have I, you?
1: I don't think I have actually I, love, I was going to say I do love the smell of a pipe It reminds me yeah. of being a kid
0: Yeah well, yeah, my granddad. It reminds me of being a kid Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When you used to smoke a <laughs> yeah, pipe Yeah I used to love a pipe <laughs> At the bus stop I my to school <laughs> 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 Well, I was just going to say, all right. I was watching
0: CBeebies.
1: Yeah. music is nearby. Keep me quiet. No, it, it's not fair on the person that. But- that has to do with the nagging either, you know, no, and, exactly. and, and it's like, I've been in previous relationships where, you know, I have been the nag and it's, and it used to be a bit of a running joke, a bit like your mom and, and dad and stuff. And, and I look back and I think I wouldn't do that again. And I've actually said that mm. with you. I've just said like, here's what I think you need to do. And I'm just upset it once. I ain't saying it again. And I don't want to have to say, I told you so. No. You know, like And it, 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 and I think also all of us just kind of need to just remind ourselves again of that that early detection is so important because the the, the really crazy thing is cancer is happening in all of us right now. So at a very simple level, it's cells behaving badly. Like they just don't behave like they're supposed to. So they don't, we have like programmed cell death when cells die. And these cells, you know, there's something gone wrong. I'll talk in a second about some of the kind of things that will cause this process. But something goes wrong and they continue to replicate. They don't listen to normal signaling processes. And they can then start to, what you start, what you have first of all is cell changes. And then we have what's called an in-situ cancer. So it could be, this could start in a breast duct, for example, or like a small part of your bowel And it will continue to replicate and grow and eventually become tumour. So it's starting to change at a kind of tissue level. So once it was cellular, now it's tissues. And then it can become what we call an invasive cancer. So not only do these tumours start to shed Cells that, like daughter cells, that can travel around the body and start a tumor somewhere else. So you could have, if this starts in your bowel, you could then start to have bowel cancer in your lungs or your lymph or your liver. So there's yeah, connections yeah. between various different ones, but it's still the same cancer. And as you quite rightly mentioned at the beginning, cancer is actually different diseases. So that's why we have different treatments. The cells, the way they replicate and grow and do things, they've got different markers on them, so they respond to different treatments. Yeah. yeah. They are different diseases and we're now going to see probably changes in not just the treatments, but the nutritional interventions that are recommended for them. And, you know, even hormone, hormonal kind of input and things like that. But if you once you've got your diagnosis of what your cancer is, as soon as it becomes what we call an invasive tumor, it develops its own blood supply. And one of the biggest problems is it starts to block function. So Mm. if it's in the bowel, it will eventually start to block the bowel. If it is in the liver, it will eventually start to invade other cells and the liver can't do its job. And the liver does so many things. We think of it as just detoxing, but it's a big part of regulating your energy. So making new glucose and and metabolizing all your food. So if that's taken away because these cells are dealing with this tumor, then you'll Mm -hmm. start to see massive dysregulation all around the body. So this is why some of the cancers are more problematic. Skin cancer has the highest survival rate because, of course, if it can be contained and it's in the skin, it can be removed surgically mm. and then hopefully, <clears throat> and usually that wouldn't cause too much blockage of function if it's yeah. in the skin tissue, you see. So this is one of the problems. And if it's a, if a bone cancer, of course, and it begins to fracture bones, then that obviously, again, it requires more urgent treatment. Often it will be things like chemo because there isn't the time you know, for surgery or the option of surgery. So where it is will dictate some of the treatments. But again, if if you, the minute start to see some symptoms or something's off, or you can't, you know, anything that's unusual, you could get it when it's an in situ cancer and the survival rates, the treatment, the life expectancy, everything is different. So that's why I want to kind of encourage people to get checked. And also just to go back to saying about what I do with my mum and dad is as soon as, you know, very sadly, they both got diagnosed with cancer, which led us to do this. In fact, my mum did. Uh, that's not true. So my mum did. But that led them to say every year we want some tests done, even if they're fine, yeah. to check everything. Like What could we check that's sensible? And that's when we started. And that's how we found my dad's.
0: Yeah. So
1: I think this is something that, you know, once you get towards 50 Your risk is kind of increasing of all chronic diseases. It's a really good shout. I'd probably say from 40, because again, our genetics and our lifestyles have been really different to our parents. Remember, we're born after 1960. So, you know, even from the age of kind of like 40, I've noticed... I would say like, I'm not getting, I don't get away with as much. Like I've definitely got lower hormone status, you know, I definitely have to get my sleep. I can't drink. I couldn't drink that much alcohol <laughs> before all my kind of yeah, yeah. gut issues. Like I said to you, like literally two and I'm in big trouble afterwards. But in my early thirties, you know, when we first met, we, we we could like smash a bottle of wine and stuff, couldn't we? And you yeah, know, yeah. wouldn't really suffer too much. But as I've aged, I've noticed I've got to kind of really prioritise my health and it makes sense. So I'll do the same thing on me and I'll do it on you if you were just, you, you are a bit reluctant, I have to say. Yeah. On the testing and the supplements, you're like, don't want to spend the money. And it's crazy because, you know, I've said to you, just one test a year, it's about 100 to 150 pounds to look at your hormones, your bloods, your inflammation markers. And it, it, it it's, it's really important. And I think maybe when you get to 40, you might feel the same, but at 50, I would definitely be doing this on an annual yeah. basis. And, and I think if NHS could find a way to almost, we could part subsidize it. So, cause they do run these tests if you go in with the right symptoms or the symptoms they think warrant the test. Sure. But imagine if you said, I just want an MOT and I've got a hundred pounds and, you know, if it can almost, I don't think they could bridge the gap. So, but I don't know. We save we save money for our cars to do this with. We save money for all sorts yeah, of things that we want. True. Like let's save a little bit of money to to run some checks on ourselves yeah. and and use it as a preventative or an early, you know, get that early diagnosis. But I think the important thing to know about cancer is it's happening in us all the time. But what's incredible is our immune system's good at, at basically stopping that process. So we've yeah. got all these checkpoints and mechanisms in place. Our immune system's really cool whenever you study it. And if you ever watch it in action on YouTube, if you're ever bored and you want to see like, you know, like a macrophage, they're called like your big eaters. Chasing a little um, bacterial infection or something, you can watch it on YouTube, and you can see how it's like Pac-Man and it chases it, and gobbles it up. I used to show it when I was teaching because it's it's cool. It's like okay, I've got this immune system, which is really strong and can can fight this for me. So, yeah. what can I be doing to support my immune system? And what are we all doing that's maybe not helping our immune system? And again, the good thing about COVID is we've kind of turned our attention to our immune system. I suppose the downside has been, our <laughs> first thought for a lot of people is like, what can I take? Yeah. to support my immune system, yeah, you yeah. know, oh, I'll take vitamin D, I'll take zinc, I'll take, you know, some, some herbs, some elderberries, some echinacea or something, but our immune systems are much more complicated. There's so many different cells to support. There's inflammation as well as kind of, you know, a mechanism of the immune yeah. system. And that's why we've always got to think of that whole person approach. And you'll love this because you're like, well, this doesn't cost any money, but be thinking about your emotional health and, you know your social health and things that you could do, you know, work-life balance. Yeah. Because many of the cases that I've seen in clinics came from, they'll they'll all talk about this situation where they just ended up working way too hard yeah. for you know a really awful boss and being in board meetings and, and kind of like you know fighting and conflict, you know, like really kind of difficult situations, divorces, all these kind of situations that really compromises emotionally. And cancer kind of comes off the back of that. Not just cancer, autoimmunity, all chronic inflammatory conditions. I've seen as a result of husband having an affair, or you know, child passing away. There's there's just quite a lot of, I think, emotional input. And they they even talk now about cancer personalities. So in, in some studies that have been done, they've noticed that you're like this, neuroticism. Um, So being a bit neurotic, being a worrier, being Mm. scared all the time, overthinking stuff is kind of associated with cancer, but also neurotic people have worse outcomes if they're diagnosed because they immediately... Worry. (laughs) Well, yeah, they actually say you you pretty much trigger PTSD in someone who's already neurotic when you diagnose them with cancer because they go, I've got a life-threatening disease. You know. So there's, whereas optimism has been quite studied as well and people that have that more kind of, you know, they're quite optimistic, have yeah. better health outcomes, less risk of, of cancer, mental fatigue, um, depression, all these kind of things that are associated with, I think, all chronic inflammatory conditions, but they're kind of being locked up with cancer because, and I think some of it is that you'd also be more prone to certain behaviours if you've got those personality traits yeah, as well.
0: Yeah. No, no, I hear that. I hear that for sure. I mean, because you you are, because you're a worrier, aren't you?
1: Yeah. yeah Definite
0: yeah. worrier. And this is why I like, like I worry about you worrying. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, because I don't want you to worry. Yeah. Well, I don't want you to worry too much about stuff, you know, but I just think it's just... I'm
1: such a clever worrier. You're such a
0: clever worrier. I can tell
1: when you're worrying about something and you don't want to tell me, and that worries me. (laughs) 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 I'll find a way to worry. Like (laughs) the other day, It worries
0: me that you're worrying about something (laughs) and you're worried about telling me (laughs) because of how much I'm going to worry. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so I'm worrying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm slightly addicted to it. We've said this before, you'd be addicted to stress, you're addicted yeah. to certain per, like personality traits. And uh, again, when I was writing this blog series, so do head to fitfood.com and I will start to put these out in our email list as well. Um, ACEs came up, Adverse Childhood Experiences, because I, I thought, I know there's links with cancer risk and ACEs. And if you think about it, again, this is because something that happens in your childhood changes, how our brains develop changes. Again, a lot of our kind of default personality traits changes our immune system as well. So we know that it's associated again with higher risk of diseases, but also you're much more likely to develop habits associated with cancer, like smoking and drinking. Mm -hmm. So there's also the kind of adverse childhood experiences to take into account. And I think it, but what was interesting is they also went through the genetics of cancer. So Lots of people, and I definitely went through this phase of kind of like one genetic test. On, I was told my aunt who passed away from peritoneal cancer, it was a very rare cancer. Yeah. You know, we should all be kind of, the rest of the family should be on the, on the keeping an eye on that. Yeah. And what's interesting is I didn't realize ovarian cancer is actually, often starts in the fallopian tube and spreads to the peritoneum, which is like the cavity around the gut. Right. And so actually, although it's diagnosed as peritoneal, they may actually have ovarian or lopium tube cancer. That was really interesting. Huh. But the main test of kind of around cancer that people know of is called the BRCA gene. So you might've heard of this because many celebrities, Angelina Jolie have been tested and they've got a variant of this BRCA breast cancer gene. That means they've got a, around an 80% greater risk of getting breast cancer yeah. than someone who doesn't have that gene variation. Right. So she very famously had her a double mastectomy preventative. Yeah. So she had her breast removed and Many women have done this with you can have your ovaries removed, you can have your uterus removed for the same thing for the yeah. same reason, like a preventative. But lots of people have discussed this, including you know Stanley Tukey, the actor who's in um uh I'm trying to think of the films he's been in. No, you do know him, but he's just recently had cancer and he lost his wife to cancer. And he was on Elizabeth Day's podcast oh, how to Fail. The
0: one on uh in From Hunger Games and that yes, yeah. yeah
1: um and a mind blank about his films I can only remember his entire health history I can't remember what films he was in Uh, but he was saying his wife uh, passed away from cancer and he said I really and I'm putting it in his words because obviously people might kind of question me saying it but you know people going and getting things whole parts of their body removed it's a very individual decision my mum's even said if her cancer comes back she might have a double mastectomy but is that really, it's a very invasive thing, very traumatic yeah. thing for the body to deal with. Your mom said that. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. has, yeah, yeah. She says a lot of things about it if it comes back. And I'm like, well, if you wow. think it's that important, do it now. It doesn't really make sense to say, if it comes back, I'm going to do this. Because one of them is, she said, I'm going to go plant-based. And I was like, well, if you think it should be plant-based, go plant-based now. Yeah, yeah. But I think she wants to feel like she'll do something more proactive. Yeah, next yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, he was saying, you know, I, I don't think it's right that people are thinking, you know, I'm going to get, parts of my body removed we, we kind of need to do more research on you know the the things that are kind of i suppose like an anti-cancer lifestyle and um, yeah and he said i don't think there's anything i could have done to save my wife but i also i'm not sure that that is the right approach that celebrities seem to kind of promote is this yeah. um this kind of removal of stuff but interestingly if you have that gene variant the BRCA gene this couple one and two you actually have a greater risk of breast cancer as a man. So men can get breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And I came across my first case of that not long ago, ovarian cancer, but also pancreatic and fallopian tube. So how many bits of your body and peritoneal, how many bits of your body do you need to remove? It doesn't necessarily make sense to remove the breast. Right. If it might happen in the pancreas. Right, do you see right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But the other thing to note about the stats on it is that you have an 80% greater risk with like one of the variants than someone who doesn't have it. But that doesn't mean that you have an 80% chance of getting breast cancer. And that's the important thing that I think is lost in communication. Yeah. So say you've got it and I haven't. Yeah. You've got an 80% greater risk of cancer than me, possibly. But what's my risk of getting cancer? Don't know. Precisely. I don't know that we can even calculate that. Yeah. just because what if what are we looking at here so if you look at the risk factors for breast cancer alcohol consumption mm-hmm. um but alcohol consumption in early life as a teenager so i don't know that there's as much research yeah. as we probably need to look at how much was a woman drinking has she ever taken oral um contraception like estrogen therapy mm-hmm. are you on hrt do you know there's so yeah. many confounding yeah, right factors right. that i'm a bit like how do we know what one person's risk is <clears throat> Um, You know, do you smoke? Do you drink? Those types of things are going to be relevant. They're associated with cancer. Do you live in a city? Do you live in the countryside? Yeah, it's really hard. But I think the the gene side is where everyone gets a bit like, I'll do the test. I'll find out and I'll take action. And you can feel proactive about that, but I'm not sure it's, you know, and I know some functional medicine practitioners, nutritionists and oncologists have said it's not probably where we should be going with this. Yeah.
0: You know, like we, we we've spoken before about the whole testing thing, haven't we? And 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 it's almost like oh, the test has come back, you know, fine. I haven't got, you know, an increased risk of whatever. So i just kinda kind of on <laughs> yeah, as, exactly. as I am. Yeah, yeah, And and it's like, well Is that helpful? Yeah, exactly. And or it might come back and say, Oh, there is this greater risk, or you know, it might be a test for something else entirely, you know, like some kind of blinking intolerance test or or something like that. And I just feel that like we, we often talk about low-hanging fruit. We often talk about, you know, could we, you know, any kind of test aside, you know, are there things that we could change in our lives? Are there, you know, are there things that we could do a little bit better at? And and like you said earlier, like even now, like, you know, we've been in this game a long time and, you know, are we perfectly healthy? No. Like does perfect health even exist? I don't even know that it does, but, you know, it's like we we can sit here. I could spend the next half an hour probably listing off things that I could do better. And the reality is, is sometimes I'm better at certain things and other times I'm not. And and I let it slip and my body lets me know about it. You know, like my energy lets me know about it. And and I think like, it's the same here, you know, like we don't want people to start bloody being fearful every day of whether you know, they might get cancer or, you know, have they got an increased risk or because it runs in their family. But those things are maybe reasons to be a little bit more cautious yeah. potentially. And 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 then you could just step back and say, well, what, what changes could I be making that are going to work for me, you know, that I know are going to do me good? Yeah, sure. We can't make any guarantees that if you eat better and exercise more and sleep more and stress less, all of these things that you hear all the time, all very important there's no guarantees that you're not going to get cancer or no, no. be diagnosed with some other disease or condition. And
1: it's and, so interesting when you write blogs about this, you know, I've had to keep reiterating there are no guarantees. No. And I can't even say, it's funny. I can't even say the words anti-cancer because it doesn't feel right because anti-cancer is almost like, you know, I'm on this campaign with this element of I'm going to get some success with this. You know, even remember Caroline on the podcast, Caroline Yates saying, like, I don't like the words fight cancer, because if you, if you lose that, that, that battle, did you not fight? You know, she's like, so the language around cancer is very difficult. And I found that kind of writing about it. And I've just ended up saying all we can do is kind of lower our risk, but, even with the risk factors so what i was going to say is kind of going back to the genetic side the main cause uh, of 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 um, of cancer is is dna damage which mm. is caused by several things that we can actually modify about our lifestyles so some of the big ones here would be cigarette smoke biggest yep. one by far and also we're seeing more and more information about pollution in in on the rise in you know sorry but we know about pollution sorry air yeah, quality yeah. that is linked to lung cancer but again with that, that's a really difficult one to do something about if you live in a city, but it yeah. means that your need. So this is the interesting thing about they've mainly been studying this with smoking, that people who eat a diet rich in fruits and vegetables who are smokers, less risk of lung cancer. Mm. So again, if you're in a city, higher need to eat fresh fruits and vegetables yeah. where possible. And we've always talked about doing things like having houseplants yeah. in the house, really cheap ones, um, very good at kind of oxygenation and have been shown to help with, you know, yeah. kind of. Um, asthma and other things and even just salt therapy so having um salt lamps and salt inhalers salt's very antimicrobial and can really help with lung function and things like that and yeah. obviously look at if you do have kids in, in a city i'd look at things like potato breathing getting them to use their lungs properly as well because again that will just be beneficial for lung function full stop so well i
0: always think like <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting how like
1: so Viteko breathing, by the way, is like a breathing style, like look it up online, you'll see it on, on the internet, okay. but it's, it's how to learn to help with asthma and things like that, panic attacks. Okay. Go on, sorry.
0: I was going to say, you know, how like, we always say like, you know, how much better we feel when we've spent a day kind of by the sea or having a beach mm. walk or in the woods compared to just walking around a city yes. type thing. Like it's like, I was just thinking of what you just said then about like the plants and also the salt. So I was thinking, by the, the sea, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I don't know.
1: But if you live in a city, just make great effort to be close to nature. So find parks, find water wherever there is some element of nature you're going to yeah, feel better yeah. your nervous system will feel better trees are like a canopy to pollution so go and eat your lunch under a tree yeah. it's just something that's really small and yeah, if you yeah. can take your shoes off as well while you're there because earth in and connecting to the earth helps us kind of draw electrons up yeah. and that's beneficial for the immune system
0: because even there like, there's got to be something for, to be said for I think everyone loves that feel of kind of grass under the feet yeah yeah it's like it's that's do a, you know what I mean from a you, it, you just you know? love it yeah, oh, yeah. it was amazing like yeah, you definitely. know
1: um, a few other things Cadmium So again this is being Cigarette smoke Right um, So smoking cigarettes uh, You know smoking is the one thing Where and, You know if you can Go and get support There's mm. so much support now Through National Health Service um, In terms of You know Counselling Medication Speaking to people And if it's coming from a place of You know Emotional health Yeah Then that might be something That you go and You know Speak to your doctor about CBT um, You know therapy And things like that Yeah Alcohol Another one Um. So alcohol is pretty big In terms of it's out there. All the information is on every single cancer research website, World Cancer um, Research. They all talk about the risks of of alcohol intake and cancer. So really, again, this is a kind of personal thing that you have to go and familiarize yourself. And we went out with some friends at the weekend and it's interesting because each of you would have been in the category of binge drinking. So it's Mm. crazy how low it is. Like it's six units for a woman. So you, you you stop at six units and for a man it's eight units and it's 14 units a week and that should be spread over three days. Mm. So if this is now this is a one off for you, like yeah. uh, but the one thing I will say is the problem for all three of you that I was with at that night was not one of you seemed drunk. <laughs> like you have been blessed with like crazy alcohol metabolism and that's ability. Thing, and it's a it's a bad thing because And
0: that's coming from someone who hadn't had a single drop of alcohol. So like for you to say that.
1: Oh what, what do you mean? So like
0: was well, in like, you know, like sometimes oh, yeah, it'd yeah. be harder to notice if you're all on the same level. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, your no, no, you're,
1: you're all completely sober to me. And I was just looking at you going, I'd be, if I drank even half of what you've all drunk tonight, I mm, would be, sure. I'd be in bed. So I wouldn't, oh. wouldn't be hosting anymore. Oh, dear. I would have no, been staggering up the stairs. So it, it is hard. You know, if, if you're quite a tolerant, you know, you're quite tolerant to alcohol, mm. you've got to be really, really careful because you might really enjoy it. But this is where little things like, I don't know, this is going to go back to you know the, the typical thing You say as a personal trainer Have you thought about Having a tonic In between Every yeah. gin and tonic and Just have a
0: pint of water For yeah, every yeah. treat you have yeah. In
1: this way. Yeah. Why Easy peasy <laughs> Yeah but it might help to think about having, you know, like some non-alcoholic kombuchas, you know, like but other things around to yeah, like no, split up sure. the drinking. Because drinking at home, everybody drinks more as well. Yeah. You know, we said about the study in the papers where they said people pouring <clears throat> a glass of wine, the average was like 300 mil. Mm. So when you think that, um, I think a unit, is it two units is 175 mil of glass of wine, so you're only allowed three. Then if you're at home pouring 300 mil glass of wine, like it's... Yeah. You're kidding yourself if you think... Well, it's... when I was
0: on the whiskey as well, and, you know, I wasn't using my...
1: I know, well, you said that you used to use your measure because thing, you yeah. end up doing triples, don't you?
0: Probably more like quadruples, to be oh, fair. Right, I
1: don't um, even want to know. <laughs> but, but,
0: but then on the flip side, you know, and I'm not condoning it by, uh, by any means, you know, like... But at the same time, you know, we had a really healthy dinner yeah and it
1: was a lovely evening. we had a
0: great time we had lots of laughs and touch wood felt absolutely fine the next day yeah. so it couldn't have been that excessive and, it's,
1: and, and i think it's also we've got to talk about context and frequency yes which i've you know put in the blogs because you know i'm aware you can start to sound like a real killjoy here but it's context and frequency and when it comes to things like diet so the main thing that's kind of been established with diet is burnt foods mm. uh, associated with cancer but if you're having like a charcoaled char-grilled steak with loads that you generally have loads of fruit and veg in your diet. You don't have to have it that point with the steak, but it does yeah. help actually. It does mop up some of the kind of compounds and you have a new glass of wine and you're pretty chilled on a Friday mm. night. And then the other option is you're sprinting home after a 14 day 14 hour day at work and you're grabbing some charcoal kebab kebab from the local takeaway and you know no vegetables and you're super stressed sleep deprived and you get home and you smoke a load of fags and eat that meat it's totally different and of if that's what is. you do very regularly because you're so time poor yeah. it's all the different terrain in the body you know so i think context and frequency is really important and and that's what allows you to enjoy some of the things mm. and not be we can't be scared of disease like you know That's not how we're supposed to live our lives, but we can't be complacent in that we, you know, we can just have our cake and eat it all the time. Like, and I think most people are getting more and more health conscious because of COVID and thinking like, you know, Friday, Saturday nights, I'm going to, you know, be more flexible with my diet maybe, or I'm going to drink or whatever, but you've got to be just thinking about the kind of balance overall. So
0: that's the key word, isn't it? And I think it's, it's, this can be applied to absolutely everything, right? You know, If we if we if we push ourselves too hard in the gym too often and we don't you know provide enough recovery in between, we shouldn't be that surprised if we get injured. You yeah. know what I mean? If we eat shite more often than we eat the good stuff, yeah. You know we shouldn't be surprised that you know our energy's through the floor and we feel pretty crappy and and whatever it may be. And and I think like but on the flip side, you know, if you don't do those things you know, there's no guarantee that you're going to be fine, of of course. But I do think that that we just need to have a more balanced approach to kind of everything that we do
1: you know if if we if
0: we work too much if we train too much if we eat too much if we drink too much you know like our body is not going to be best pleased in
1: fact fact, let me let me just run through the kind of main things because you've just mentioned them all so the things that we know are definitely associated and there's scientific evidence to support this now with cancer cancer is being overweight Mm -hmm having type 2 diabetes yeah. again that's adult onset usually as a result of being overweight obese yeah. alcohol intake as we've just mentioned smoking and this is a cumulative thing as yeah, well yeah, so if you're overweight like, yeah. and you smoke and you One drink yeah, yeah no 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 I mean if you start stacking these together you're overweight and you drink and you smoke oh, you right, drink excessively right, oh, right. Okay, and you way. smoke low intake of fruit and vegetables you, you love that
0: pipe you yeah <laughs> Yeah, speaking of smoking,
1: Stop it. <laughs> I need to pack it in. Having some kind of inflammatory issue, which can be related to your diet. So reflux again can be a problem mm-hmm. because you're constantly damaging the tissue of the esophagus and the stomach, um, and then all the kind of inflammatory bowel conditions, gastritis, things like that. I'm in that you know category, so like I'm kind of with people in terms of high risk there as well slightly gray area this one is processed meat seems to be red meat is a massive gray area and it's there's two big camps fighting this one out and i have to Mm. say from the studies i've seen nobody's really looking at someone having really good quality meat in the context of a good healthy lifestyle so it is a bit of a gray area and the one that it's associated with um, is bowel cancer Uh but again it's the amount and the type And personally, having um, known a couple of people who've been through kind of bowel cancer, many of them have ended up kind of going maybe plant based or vegetarian, but then having to add meat back in because of iron issues Mm -hmm. and being advised by good nutritionists and and oncologists to do that. So there is this kind of thing of we've got to balance good nutrient status because your immune system needs iron, your immune system needs zinc, vitamin A, and these are highest in animal products. So again, if you're taking those out, you need to go and speak to a qualified nutritionist and maybe get a supplement program to balance it out, or just feel confident that you're having a decent amount, not too much, not too little, you know, in the context of plenty of fiber and fruit and vegetables, but a big one with all of the cancers was your microbiome. So that's Mm -hmm. going to come back to diet, diet diversity, and you know, how much are we varying fruits, vegetables, herbs, spices, nuts, seeds, all the fats and things like that that we have in our diet. That's going to be a big factor. And that's kind of it. Aflatoxin. So we had to on the course say, "What do you think you do on oh, hot drinks mm-hmm. as well?" So excessively hot drinks burning your your mouth. Uh, and I've already mentioned the burnt foods. And on the course they said, "Can you name three things that you think you're doing that might increase your risk of cancer with your diet?" <laughs> Mine was like peanut butter, uh, <laughs> aflatoxin in peanuts. Right. You see the mould wow. in peanuts. Came, yeah, yeah. It's linked to liver cancer. But and then I think my answer, I, I could almost see the person kind of like roll. Everyone else is alcohol, but I I'm not drinking, so mm. it's a bit. Like, like, well, I'm gonna stay off the toxin from peanut butter and I think they rolled the eyes. as if that's to say, like, I'm sure it's fine. But I was like, you don't know how much peanut butter I eat. Yeah, so you have, you have no idea. <laughs> no. Um, anyway.
0: Everyone's like, oh, you must save a fortune, not drinking. You're like, yeah. nope,
1: <laughs> you spend it on peanut bar. Oh, and one I've forgotten, ultra-processed foods. And mm-hmm. that's also now in the in the scientific research. So again, it's fine if you want to have a little bit of confectionery mm-hmm. here and there, but if you are living. You know, main meals are ultra-processed foods. You're not getting the nutrients. So remember, a big factor with the kind of um, diet side is you're going to lack the micronutrients that your immune system needs to be able to control things like cancer, which remember are happening in us all the time. Yeah. So I think, you know, a nutrient-dense diet has to be, you know, top of the list, ideally.
0: Of course. and 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 the thing is, is like, <laughs> like I'm just looking at what decreases risk on your screen here. And it's like, well... <laughs> This, this this isn't just to be like, this isn't a, you know, to use the term that you said you didn't want to use. This isn't just an anti-cancer bit of advice.
1: This is It's an all-round health bit just of advice. Just all-round health. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. All, it's all the usual... Things that are here, you know, eat more vegetables, eat less processed foods, you know, like no shit.
1: But just just to switch on to dairy. So, dairy is on the list of things that decreases your risk because it decreases your risk of bowel cancer. And they think it's due to the impact of dairy on the microbiome. So, this is your aged cheeses, your the only thing that's a question mark slightly is milk intake and prostate cancer. And we talked about this last night. Do you remember? And I said, with prostate cancer, they still can't find solid evidence that they're like maybe limiting milk with prostate cancer and enlarged prostate might be helpful and possibly there's discussion about whether it's linked to growth factors. Yeah. I'm sure more of scientists will, would say, no, there just isn't the research. Yeah. But what I said is the people that drink a lot of milk tend to be is it that they are maybe higher risk, like older men? Because the only people I know who still drink a lot of milk, like younger generations have all given it up. Do you know what I mean? And, and like many women have got lactose intolerance. Many people have got lactose intolerant from antibiotics. Yeah. But I do see the only people I know that still fight me for milk is is generally older men who probably have a higher risk of, I don't know, maybe that's why the, the oh, research you know is I've got to say skewed. every now
0: and again, if I've had like a big workout,
1: Oh, okay. Some milk,
0: No, but not even just milk, like chocolate milk <laughs> and a litre of the stuff. You, know, you was... get those big bottles from like the supermarket. There's
1: studies on like, that. There oh, wasn't, there was oh. been a really good recovery drink, but do you remember yeah. it was sponsored by Mars?
0: Oh, was it? Yeah. And oh, they were like yeah. the cocoa, yeah. the
1: antioxidants, the protein in the milk, the immunoglobulins, <clears throat> workout recovery.
0: But every now and again. <laughs> 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 Says me.
1: Um, but... Just a few more things that are helpful. Oily fish. Yeah, And brassica veg- vegetables get a little bit of a uh, brassicas. So this is your broccoli, cauliflower, broccoli sprouts, Brussels sprouts.
0: Oh, beautiful. Well, level I love those. all of them. Yeah. Your Happy farty days.
1: ones. But even if you can't do the farty ones, your bok choy, kale, uh, even the dark green leafy. So it's just things like rocket and stuff as yeah. well. Like, oh, you're all really good. And I think the final thing I'll just say um, before we kind of finish up is eating organic pesticides are linked to cancer and pretty Mm. much every disease now and children are much more vulnerable and pregnant mothers need to be a little bit more aware of this. And I think it's really worthwhile just thinking about, again, can you afford to make certain things organic and, there's a recent study on bread, and they were just saying how much worse non-organic bread is compared to bread. That's such a simple switch to go to organic bread, in my opinion. Oh, is it? As in, as in, like it's not going to cost you a huge amount more. It's, it's a lot more expensive to do organic meat. But, um, G- so
0: the reason I said it like that is because I just thought, you know, because we we don't buy a supermarket.
1: We like, buy from a bakery, don't
0: we? Well, no, we do buy from the supermarket, but I mean, we but yeah, we buy the you know the, the the kind of freshly baked bread from the that side. We don't buy like a loaf of bread with like a long shelf life type thing is what I mean. And what I was going to say was is like I don't think I've ever seen and even when we go to our local bakery here, I don't think I've ever seen it labelled as organic. No,
1: no, it was mainly like health food chops I would say. And uh, it was just in the studies they were saying it's wheat that is a lot of pesticides used use mm-hmm. on wheat essentially so your wheat products could you get them organic but then another thing I'd say is just going back to even getting the bakery stuff that goes off in a day is better yeah. than the long shelf life yeah. bread. and the reason being this comes back to your gut microbiome the things that preserve the bread for the long amount of time yeah, yeah. will also be antimicrobial and will, will have a negative effect on the gut this is the same for yeah. a lot of things they're putting in long life milks and flatbreads and all these kind of again it's so you just <laughs> minimize the processed foods not that yeah. you shouldn't have them but just on an as needs basis this. And, and um, this
0: kind of goes back to you know, like you mentioned, like the cost thing, and and this is why this isn't a like you know it isn't like oh, this is the advice you have to follow regardless of your situation, regardless of your circumstance, because we know that's not the case. And it goes back to what keris mentioned earlier on, like focusing on the things that you can change. You know, if you've got like a big family, and you know going organic is going to cost an absolute fortune and it's going to stress you out. Yeah, and yeah, then th- let's focus on something else. Like what are the other... Like, well, I like, think the
1: main thing I'd say is whole food first. And, yeah, and, and, exactly. like, and can you get to... You know, going to the supermarket at the end of the day when things are like half price. Yeah. You know, yellow labels on everything. Is there farm shops, food delivery, local food, dro- yeah. anything like that that you could make the most of? But exactly. Whole food first would be the biggest. But that's what I mean. You know, focus on the whole on, family. Yeah. Focus yeah.
0: on like an another win for now that that is within your reach and it yeah. is doable. Not necessarily easy, but but it's it's definitely something you could you could take on board.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um.
0: And I think that's the other thing. Like we, then, we sorry, we've just, all got just a one like one more
1: other thing because if you're thinking about families, just more time out side together. Yeah. So yeah. rather than sitting inside on computer games surrounded by Wi-Fi, yeah. could you do get kids into sports more? Get, you know, yeah. like those so they're exposed to soil and dirt. That's amazing for their microbiomes. Yeah. You know? So there are lots of ways. And and just I want to say quickly with supplements there are loads of things that we could be doing we all want good nutrient status now and bridging gaps with things like vitamin D that we can't get from food and if you are diagnosed or you're concerned or you've had cancer in the past it's really worthwhile getting a personal supplement plan because there's loads of research now about certain supplements are great mm-hmm. certain ones are not good at all for cancer yeah, if you've had it sure and, you and like. can, can fuel cancer and feed it and um, certain ones are great to have during treatment now and there's some good trials on turmeric but only with certain treatments and certain cancers yeah. others it's completely 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 contraindicated. We cannot use it. So, um, but yeah, I think going back to your point, I think even alcohol reduction, smoking reduction, initially anything that you can do and don't give yourself crap for it. Like we've all been there, but I think, okay, why do I need to rely on this? What is it in my life? Is it work-life balance, relationships, financial stress? Can I get support for that?
0: This is the mad thing. Like we could honestly talk about this for hours on end, because there's, there's so many, ifs and buts and oh, what about this scenario? What about that scenario? Because often, like for example, at the moment, my, my sleep is terrible. Not because I've chosen to go to bed really late and get up really early. I'm just taking on a lot at the moment. And I did a post in our of 365 group about it because I was like, something needs to change here. You know, I'm not a big drinker. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I don't do all of those things. Fair, and,
1: one of the main things for you, I think, is you coach classes, CrossFit classes late at night now, which I used to find wired me. Not it because, it I, didn't, I didn't coach CrossFit. I used to do spin. It's because like, it massively stimulates you. you yeah, and
0: it's yeah. really hard to kind of bring yourself back down and kind of like, kind of like, you know, create that calm environment that you want before bed. And it's just a little bit like, you know, but for me, it's like, you know, I need to, I need to make some changes 100% because it is, it's kicking my ass a little bit. And yeah, so everyone's situation is different. Everyone's circumstance is different. And it's down to us to kind of have a little think, step back and think, right, okay, maybe this is like a slightly longer term thing, but what can I change right now that's going to do me a bit of good, you know, and isn't necessarily going to, You know, cost the earth or or whatever it may be, and maybe it
1: starts by the way with conversations as a family. This shouldn't be one person taking on the burden, trying to save the rest of the family from a risk of this. It should be a team thing where everyone sits down and understands why they're doing it and And, and, gets involved.
0: And and, you know, and just think of, think of the knock-on effects of, of 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 the things that we're doing. You know, for me, I've been reaching for more convenient foods, but not because I'm just like, oh yeah, I just want more convenient foods. It's because I'm sleeping less it's because i'm a little bit busier i have yeah, a little yeah. bit less time for meal prep than i usually do, do you see what i mean so yeah, it's yeah. like it's that knock-on effect and then you and then that's how you start getting into cycles and, and whatnot
1: Particularly, we sat down I had a quick chat about it and i said what about on a sunday going to the supermarket and stocking up on some fresh soups getting a ton of salad like you actually love eating healthy oh, and then just sticking that in the fridge at the gym and then you don't have to go out and even make decisions about no. food you've got stuff in it's sure. like non-perishable so tin fish and things like that and then you said this week like i've eaten really well i haven't had to go out and you know so sort i've of brought myself time because it's all quick things i've got my veg in and I feel and so i many- feel
0: better as a result you you said, like, yeah i feel better like really. you know and even though the, the sleep still isn't great and it needs work it's almost like but i've made some other changes that have definitely helped Yeah, you know more still needs to be done but you know it's a, it's a win nonetheless but we need to wrap it up we do we do we've got to go thanks for listening guys hope you enjoyed this um, as always any questions you know where we is reach out and um, big love wherever you are in the world have a great weekend it's friday here and we'll see you very soon
1: yeah take care guys laters Bye. <laughs>